At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the look ahead right here on VSN, the sports betting network. And we've got a tremendous hour for you as we're going to be taking a look at everything that we've got for Friday. I'll be giving you guys my DK Nation pick in case you missed it from our number two in the final segment. So that's coming up in about 45 minutes. Along the way, we're going to be joined by Wes Reynolds. He does a terrific job at the network. Just an absolute Swiss Army knife guy. He covers a little bit of everything. We're going to be recapping a little bit of what we wound up seeing from the NBA draft with them. Also going to be taking a look at a little bit of golf with him as he does a great job with our podcast slash show long shots, which it's all about golf and now this time of year with the NBA now done, we're a few months away from the NFL and college football seasons getting started up. Good to be able to take a look at some, as I always call them, ancillary markets to be able to make some money. And Wes has been having a nice season. So we're going to get him aboard in 15 minutes and to take a look at some baseball that we've got for this Friday as well. So it's now officially Friday in all the continental 48 states. So how about if we wind up going with one of the top teams out there in the National League? And as a matter of fact, Two of the top teams out there in the National League, 953-954. This is the Atlanta Braves playing those the L.A. Dodgers. Julio Rios is going to be going for the Dodgers, and Ian Anderson is on the bump for Atlanta. Right now, you're finding this total at a 9.5. It opened up at 9. This has ticked up a little bit, and for the Dodgers, you're finding them between about a minus 128 to a minus 135 favorite. Braves are between about a plus 115 to a plus 120, and when it comes to the Dodgers, Minus 135 is really the maximum one to lay here. You're finding that currently at DraftKings at a minus 135. This is pretty much my threshold, but one to lay it here with the Dodgers. And I think the big thing to keep in mind with the Dodgers is they've actually had a better road ERA than they have a home ERA, which is a little bit strange because out there in Los Angeles, typically during the nighttime, the ball doesn't fly out the way that it does during the daytime, really with those West Coast cities in general, Seattle, both of the L.A.s, especially Oakland when the marine layer is out. So I think that they've actually been a little bit better on the road. Has been a little bit befuddling. And the last two years, Julio Rios right around a half a point lower on his ERA when he's been on the road at, at, rather than at home. And as a matter of fact, you take a look at what he wound up doing during his 20-win season last season. He wound up having 13 out of those 20 wins wind up coming on the road. And facing off against someone in Ian Anderson who... Command has not necessarily been a strong suit. He's been giving up right around four walks per nine innings thus far this season. And it's not like Ian Anderson is coming out there, getting a whole bunch of swings and misses either. He gives you right around seven strikeouts per nine innings. So that is a little bit of an issue there as well. And then 
for Julio Rios. He's been a little bit up and down with regards to his command thus far this season, but really all of his bad starts have come at home, and he's really been able to do a much better job recently. 2.2 walks per nine innings, eight punch outs per nine. Home run balls hurt him a little bit, but he's been able to rein that in a little bit more, especially with opponents being a 212 off of him. Now you take a look at this Dodgers team, and a fear that you have to have with this lineup, especially if you're looking to take a run line, I personally am going to be staying away from the run line. I'm only really looking at the money line in this spot, is that they have been without Buki Betts, and he's been their top home run hitter thus far this season. Really the main guy for them with right around 17 home runs, hitting at 275, but Freddie Freeman seems to be picking it up with regards to the hard contact. He was able to get a home run yesterday against the Cincinnati Reds. Trey Turner, he's got a 360 on base, north of a 300 batting average, and all of a sudden, guys like Will Smith, Chris Taylor, guys that were struggling at the beginning of the year, they're starting to pick it up. Cody Bellinger coming off a 3-8 game. I need to see it for a little bit of a longer period of time with Cody Bellinger. I mean, we've got two NL MVPs, and Cody Bellinger and Christian Yelich had ever since they won the award. They just have not been able to put it together ever since then. And then for the Atlanta Braves, you've got one of the hardest hitting lineups that you're going to find out there in the big leagues. Austin Riley, 18 home runs. He has been amazing for the team. Now, Adam Duvall has lacked, but even with the injuries that they've sustained, the guys that have stepped up have actually been better for them. Orlando Arcia is legitimately having a better year than Ozzy Albies right now. Hitting right around at 325, Michael Harris, the second, is in that fold as well. Harris, the second. Has been absolutely incredible. I believe that he wanted skipping AAA altogether, wanted coming up to the big leagues. I don't know if this is necessarily sustainable hitting a 330 for him, but he's been able to do a nice job. And both of these bullpens have been able to do a solid job as well, which I think is interesting for the total. It opened up at nine. I like the nine under. And now that it's at a nine and a half, I'd like it even more under because the LA Dodgers, they've been able to do a nice job being able to hold down the fort. The Atlanta Braves, they did tax their bullpen a little bit in that series against the San Francisco Giants, but and it's a Dodgers bullpen that they rank ninth in bullpen ERA. And the Atlanta Braves, they are fifth. So both of these teams have been solid. And with the Dodgers, what has been strange about this bullpen is that the bigger name guys that you'd expect, they haven't necessarily been able to do the world's greatest job. Like Craig Kimbrell, Broussard Gratterall. Those two guys have north of a 370 ERA. It's really been someone like a Yancey Almonte with a sub-2 ERA. Evan Phillips has been able to give you a 2 ERA. You've been able to have some good innings out of someone like an Alex Vesia. And then you take a look at the flip side for this Atlanta Braves team. And Kenley Jansen, many people are not pleased at the way that he's been able to cover run lines thus far this season. But he's still someone that is able to come in, able to do a relatively solid job. A.J. Minter has been able to give you right around a one-ish ERA himself. I like the way that he's been able to perform all season long. Will Smith is someone that I really don't have a lot of faith in personally. But Darren O'Day, he's been able to pick it up a little bit. And the Atlanta Braves have been able to do this with their bullpen with Tyler Madzik out of the fold for much of the season as well. So I do find that to be relatively impressive. But with the LA Dodgers, they've really been doing their best pitching this year on the road. I have a lot more faith here in Julio Rios rather than Ian Anderson. And I do think that this is a case in which Julio Rios could be able to keep the ball in the yard against an Atlanta Braves team that has been going yard quite a bit. So I do like this total under and being able to get the LA Dodgers at a relatively cheap price, that does wind up appealing to me. So I'm going to be taking a look at the Dodgers, and I'm going to be taking a look at an under in this spot as well. And then how about if we wind up going with another National League West team as we've got the Cincinnati Reds. In the words of Bill Belichick, we are on a Cincinnati, and they're going on the road facing off against the San Francisco Giants. This is 959-960 on the board. Total of eight in this game. Graham Ashcraft is going to be going for the Reds, and Finding himself as a hefty underdog between plus 165 and plus 175 for the Reds and Alex Cobb on the bump for the Giants. He's anywhere between about a minus 190 to a minus 195. And I did wind up setting the San Francisco Giants closer to right around a 215 favorite. If you're looking at the run line, you're getting a plus price here between a plus 105 and a plus 110. I'm going to look to reduce the juice because this is a case in which I'm looking at the advanced metrics on both guys and I'm seeing a lot of positive progression for Alex Cobb, and a lot of negative regression for Graham Ashcraft. So that's a little bit of a balancer there. Now, you do want to recognize that with regards to favorites this season, but a little bit tricky for them on the run line. We've seen right around 660-some-odd favorites wind up winning, and in 164 instances this season, a favorite has won on the money line, but not the run line, so approximately by one run. But I do think that the Giants should be able to get it done here as they're actually in the top five of the big leagues in terms of runs per game, getting five for contest, despite the fact that they've only got one player 
that has been able to generate a double-digit amount of homers. That would be Jack Peterson. But he, along with someone like Athario Estrada, has been able to do a solid job of being able to get on base. You've been able to get more in general out of the bats with Tommy Vosella now back, along with Evan Longoria, a pair of guys that I wanted missing in the beginning part of the season. But take a look at Alex Cobb. You typically don't find this. He's got a 5.62 ERA this season, which I don't need to be the Mona Lisa Vito of baseball to tell you that's not necessarily so great. But he's got a fielding independent of a 3.28. It's been a case in which he's been able to get 10.5 strikeouts per nine innings. His walks per nine rate is 2.8. Nothing spectacular, nothing terrible, but he's just been so unlucky on the balls that have been put in play. Currently, opponents, they're hitting very, very well against him. They're hitting darn near a 300, more like a 287. So, that has really come back to hit to nip him in the butt. And then you take a look at Graham Ashcraft, and he's been able to be very, very lucky this season as he's not giving you a whole lot of swings and misses. He wanted coming up from the minor league level. And to his credit, he's been able to come up and do a nice job. His debut actually was against the Cincinnati Reds for his second start, and he was able to get a win there. But I think seeing him the second time around, that is going to wind up hurting him as he's got a fielding independent that's more around four, while his ERA is a 351. He's only getting five strikeouts per nine innings. Now, the one thing that Graham Ashcraft has been able to do, and a lot of the Cincinnati Reds pitchers have not been able to do this, he's been able to locate 1.9 walks per nine innings. So he sort of is one of those guys, to put it this way, he's been able to keep games out in front of him. He's not necessarily doing a lot to win you games, but he's at the same time not throwing it down the dumpster for the Cincinnati Reds. And, well, when you're not throwing the game down the dumpster as a starting pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds and your name's out Luis Castillo, you're actually doing a pretty darn good job. But with the Reds, what they also have, the dead last bullpen in terms of ERA in the big leagues as well, which is part of the reason why I do like the San Francisco Giants run line a little bit more. Their most trustworthy bullpen piece this year has been Alexis Diaz. He's currently on the injured list. Jeff Hoffman wanted getting used up in the game yesterday. And then you've got guys like Art Warren, Hunter Strickland, Whenever he's been out there, Tony Santian, I mean, just a bunch of guys that are posting up a 5-plus ERA. It has not been pretty, to say the least, for them. And when it comes to Reds, they've also got some very demonstrative splits when it comes to hitting at home versus hitting on the road because this is a Cincinnati Reds team that they have really been able to generate the runs at home. They are generating right around 5.5 runs per game at home. That is the second most in the big leagues to only the Colorado Rockies. And as we know, at Elevation, they are able to do a relatively solid job there. Cincinnati, while they're number two in terms of runs per game at home, they're scoring the second fewest runs per game on the road. And the only reason why they're second fewest is because the Detroit Tigers exist, averaging 2.2 runs per game, and they have been one of the most pitiful offenses I've ever seen in my life. And when it comes to the batting average as well, this is just not a team that has been able to get on base as much on the road. Now, to their credit, they now have Joey Votto back after he was on the COVID IL. A lot of that has to do with the ordeal that he wanted facing, but this is a Cincinnati Red team that they're hitting just a 213 on the road compared to a 260 at home. Big giant splits. I do think that Alex Cobb is going to be able to get online. I also do think that you're going to find yourself with a case in which Mr. Ashcraft is going to find himself giving up some runs along with that Reds bullpen. So at an eight, I am willing to take a shot here on the over end. I'm willing to take a look at the San Francisco Giants on the run line despite them being the home team. And coming up next, we got to take a look at everything that we wound up getting on Thursday with the NBA draft. And we got to dive into a little bit of golf as well. Wes Reynolds does an absolutely amazing job doing so many things at the network. And he's going to be joining me next right here on The Look At on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you are looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from a local perspective. CityCasts are available for Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast or be your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. List goes on and on as we're back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Peterson, and great to get on Wes Reynolds. He does absolutely amazing work here at the network. Also does a great job with regards to our golf betting show, Long Shots. That is also in podcast form as well. He does an amazing job just covering a little bit of everything. And Wes, always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me. Greg, good to be with you. Wes, I know that you, much like myself, absolutely love college basketball. So what we wound up seeing on Thursday, a little bit of a bittersweet event is it means that we're no longer going to be seeing Paulo Boncaro, Jabari Smith, and company be able to lace it up on the college scene. But you always get to wind up, it's like sort of watching sort of your children wind up growing up before your eyes, and now you're sending them off to college and everything like that, even though they were just at college. Now they're going off into the real world. But with that said, Wes, what were some of your takeaways from what we wound up seeing with regards to the NBA draft? Because Obviously, we wound up seeing some very wild movement with regards to that number one pick. Yeah, we really did, Greg. And and look, I think we see why a lot of sports books, especially out here in Las Vegas, don't want to necessarily put up draft. We dealt with it a couple months ago with the NFL draft because why? Because the sports books get beat on these things because it's such a non-sophisticated market. Look offshores and some other places have been taking draft bets for years, but this is kind of a new phenomena now that we've got legal sports betting and you can get down all across the country. You don't necessarily have to bet out of the country on these things. And, you know, you saw really wild movement. I think when this opened back up in April, when some books opened this, I think it might've been Caesars, you know, they had Jabari Smith of like one ten. Chet Holmgren somewhere around 150. Paula Boncaro was about two or three to one because some of the mocks started to come out. So they had Javari Smith going to Orlando, Holmgren going to Oklahoma City. I think that was the kind of the most set in stone, if you will, of any of the top three picks. And then the third pick was going to be Boncaro to Houston. Well, then what happens is Houston trades Christian Wood to Dallas. So that obviously opens up a need for an athletic big man. And you have three of them basically at the top of the draft. So you thought, okay, you know, Houston's going to be drafting either Bontero Smith, or maybe even perhaps Holmgren. And, but then it started to drift because you had so many of these mocks saying it's going to be Jabari Smith. Number one, it's going to be Chet number two, and it's going to be Paulo number three to Houston. But then you started to see it really drift up a little bit. I think uh, over the weekend or late last week, it got up to around 20 to one, 25 to one on some places on Boncaro. 
And that's when you had some people. I know Drew Densick was on our network earlier this morning talking about, hey, that's just too high of a price here, 20, 25 to 1. I don't know what sources Drew had. Maybe he's just playing a number there. And I think some other sharps were doing it too. And then you saw him follow suit. And then you started to see this price take a nosedive, especially on Wednesday. And then what happens is Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, you know, who's as dialed into the NBA as anybody, is like, okay, this one, two, three is pretty much set. It's Smith, then Holmgren, and then Paulo Boncaro. So then the market reacts to Woj, of course, you know, putting that out there. And then you started to see Jabari Smith become a pretty sizable favorite. And then as the draft coverage got closer, you know, Woj comes on the telecast and is like, okay, now there's a possibility that Paulo is going to go number one because he might have got fed some bad information because that's the thing about the draft. I don't care whether it's NBA or NFL GMs and player personnel directors and people lie agents lie different camps representing these players lie. So it got put out there that, Hey, we really don't know what we're going to do, but it seemed like Orlando really liked Paulo Boncaro, or at least that's what it turned out to be. And that's why you see so much movement in this draft market market, because number one, you're not taking max limits on these things either because books I think are very scared because this is a market that they're not as sure how to price. It's easy to price games on a daily basis or on a weekly basis for that matter. But when you're doing this market, it is really difficult. And all of a sudden you get one tweet, you get one Woj tweet or one Shams Tarania tweet. And then all of a sudden people are going to bet that market. So that's what makes the draft markets, I think, lucrative if you're really good at betting these, but also scary if you're getting on the wrong side of the numbers and nobody's more scared than the guys behind the counter. Yep, no question about it. I thought that that was so interesting to take a look at as well because I just still remember a little bit over 24 hours ago from like, we're going to call it Wednesday night into Thursday morning, it went from right around minus $5 to minus $6 on Jabari Smith and within an hour. It became pretty much minus 110 both ways with regards to Smith and Paul Boncaro. Even Paul Boncaro in some places being favorite. You wound up seeing a little bit of buyback in the AM. And then lo and behold, we wind up seeing Paul Boncaro become the number one overall pick. So very interesting. And just for betting drafts in general, because I do feel like betting the NBA draft, the NFL draft, you've got a little bit of similar things to work with. Obviously, each sport has they're sort of, I guess you call it specialties because you've got a little bit less of a positionless sort of ordeal with the NBA. Meanwhile, in the NFL, everyone wants quarterbacks and everything like that. But if you're taking a look at just betting on the NFL draft, NBA draft in general, what is something that you'd recommend for people for future drafts? Because I do feel like these two things, you don't need to necessarily be the biggest expert in the NBA, NFL, college basketball, what have you, to be able to make some money. Well, I just think it's kind of knowing what the lay of the land is in terms of the market. For the NFL draft, look, the guys out here in Las Vegas pretty much have to offer it because we do have a team here now with the Raiders. So, And the NFL is always going to be the biggest handle of any sport that they do pretty much throughout the year. So you kind of have to offer NFL draft because I think the NFL draft is a bigger television event, certainly, than the NBA draft. I mean, it's three days, basically, or at least two of them in prime time. So... You've got to offer that. And also the fact that realizing that there's more money in that market. So there's more liquidity in the NBA. You know, you're not focused on it because you're focused on the finals, obviously, that just ended a week ago tonight. So you're focused more on the play. So it's like then you got less than a week before you've got the draft with the NFL draft. I mean, you got the combine. You've got pro days. So you've got time for the market to materialize and things to happen. And look, uh, no bigger example than the kid from Michigan, uh, David Ajabo, who is the pass rusher, the defensive end. He was probably going to go top 10 to top 15, tears his Achilles at pro day. And then all of a sudden he drifts down to the middle of the second round. So you don't have as much weed time, I think, with the NBA draft. You have the combine at the end of May, early June. Then these guys go and work out for several different teams. And then before you know it, you got the draft. So I think it's just knowing the market a little bit. And, you know, being careful, because this is a thing I think you got to be careful, especially the books, because a couple of these books really got hit pretty hard on this because you get the initial move and the initial sharp guys that come in on this. 
And then all of a sudden people look at the market and it's like, okay, maybe where there's smoke, there's fire. Then you're going to get the piggybackers. And that's how you got Bon Carroll all the way from like 20 to one down to two to one just within a few days. Yep. And then that just stark line move that we wound up seeing right around 24 hours ago as we wind up doing this show. Just absolutely wild what we wound up seeing there. And it has been wild to see what we've been getting with regards to golf as well as obviously we've got PGA Tour events that are looking a little bit different with some of the guys going over there to live. But with that said, did you wind up having anything with regards to what we're seeing with regards to the Travelers Championship as first round is in the books? Rory McIlroy currently tied with JP, JT Poston. With regards to the lead, they both wound up firing a 62. Did you wind up having anything pre-tournament? And is there anything that you're looking at moving forward with regards to the Travelers? Yeah, yeah, I've got a few, Greg. I've got one guy kind of up there, and that's Patrick Cantley, who shot six under 64 today. But one of the things that we did see, we did see a draw bias. And that's one thing you want to look at when you get the golf tournaments, especially in terms of weather. Usually in the morning, the winds are going to be down more, and the afternoons are going to be down. So, You get the guys that go out early Thursday morning, they go out late Friday afternoon, and then the inverse, of course. But today, these guys played on a really soft course because it rained up there a lot in Connecticut, so you got a real soft course, so you can really shoot at flags, and the ball's going to roll a little bit more in the fairway. So the guys that came out in the morning, including Rory McIlroy and Xander Shoffley, certainly had the advantage. But I do like where Patrick Cantlay sits. He shot 60 here back in 2011 when he was an amateur and still a student at UCLA. So I think he's right there in the mix. Uh, But Rory's been hitting him well in the first round. I thought maybe he'd wear out this week, having one in Canada and then the U.S. Open and kind of being the torchbearer for the PGA Tour with this whole feud with Liv Golf. But he's starting off very well. So, I mean, he's rightfully priced, I think, as the favorite. But I do like Patrick Cantlay. Yep, and if you're taking a look at Rory McIlroy right now, you're finding him at DraftKings plus 225 after the first round to be able to win the Travelers. And Wes, you do a great job with a little bit of everything at the network. Always appreciate you joining me, whether it be on this show or one of my other shows I wind up doing slash podcast. Really do appreciate the time tonight. Thank you so much. You bet, Greg. Have a good night. Wes, one of the best guys that you're going to find. He covers it all, always does so, all so well. So great to be able to get him on the look at tonight. As it is myself, Greg Peterson, filling in for Scott Seidenberg. And coming up next, we're going to take a look at a few baseball games that we've got for Friday right here on VSIN Esports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For just $19, you get everything that VEASAN has to offer now through the end of July. Sign up today and you'll be able to get VEASAN's daily best bet emails, including Adam Burke with his daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles as well on golf, UFC, USFL, NASCAR, and so much more. If you want the full VEASAN experience, including those daily best bet emails, every single edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools and live video streaming, the cost just $19 via subscriber now through July 31st. You're able to sign up at vison.com slash summer as it is a lookout with myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to Wes Reynolds for joining me in the last segment. Great to be able to talk a little shop with him, just discussing what we wound up seeing with regards to the NBA draft and as well, does a great job as a part of our Long Shots crew taking a look at the great game of golf as I'm seeing Roy McElroy fire a very nice round out there at the Travelers to kick things off, so we're going to be taking a look at that moving forward. And then in the final segment, I'm going to give you guys everything that I wind up liking with regards to both the MLB and I'll also brush up a little bit upon, upon NHL Stanley Cup Game 5 as well. But let's take a look at a few games that we have yet to hit on the MLB slate for Friday that I think we can make a little bit of money on as we wind up going 967-968 on the betting board for this one as the Chicago White Sox, they're going to be playing us the Baltimore Orioles with Kyle Bradish going for Baltimore and Michael Kopech on the mound. For the White Sox and the White Sox, you're finding them between a minus 162 to a minus 170 favorite between plus 145 and plus 152. Your price on Baltimore, eight and a half to nine is your total. Seeing a lot of eight and a halfs on the board with the juice on the eight and a half at a minus 120. The under is even on the nine. You're pretty much going to flip it with the under being a minus 120 and the over at an even. And with the Chicago White Sox, I did wind up saying them as a more sizable favorite, nearly a $2 favorite. And if you do take a look at the run line, you're finding it between about a plus 115 to a plus 120. And 
I would rather reduce the juice. I'd be rather taking a look at a plus price because I just don't have any faith whatsoever that Kyle Bradish is going to be able to lend a good start. I do think that Michael Kopech is doing for a little bit of regression, but he's got some relatively good swing and miss stuff. It's been a little bit down in terms of strikeouts per nine innings thus far this season, but it's done a really good job being able to hold down the Ford opponents are a sub-175 off of them. So they will still get right around 8.5 strikeouts per 9 innings. The walks per 9 rate being a 4 has hurt them a little bit, and this is a bullpen that has been having a little bit of a rough go of it, but still has been able to post up a 238 ERA. He's been able to do a better job at home rather than on the road as well, giving up just 5 hits per 9 innings, and has done a really good job being able to contain the hard contact. 4 home runs given up in 56 and 2 thirds innings, and then Take a look at our good friend, Mr. Kyle Bradish, and it has not necessarily been going well for him. Good news is he is able to give you some good swing and miss stuff as he needs to be able to generate a little bit over eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings, but he's also giving up two home runs per nine innings. Command for him has not necessarily been too terrific with three and a half walks per nine innings as well. So if you've got your worries with Bradish. He's a young guy that I think is going to be able to have some potential here with the, with the Baltimore Orioles, but... And that said, currently posting up north of a 7-ish ERA, so it's very far from terrific. And you take a look at what he's done on the road now. This is a small sample size. He's made out of his 10 starts, 7 of them at home, so just 3 on the road. Posting up a 9 ERA, and his home ERA is not much better at a 675, so that has been far from terrific. And with this Baltimore Orioles team, they just have had a little bit of a tough time being able to generate offense when they are on the road rather than at home. You take a look at this Orioles team, and Rating right around at 233 on the road. And it's been a little bit tough for them to be able to move the line. Now, you do have Ryan Moncastle, Austin Ace, and Trey Mancini that have all been able to hit above a 275 for this team. But Cedric Mullins has been having a little bit of a tough time with it this year. They're only generating right around four runs per game, both at home and on the road. And for the Chicago White Sox, it was a very dormant offense to begin the season. You really saw a lot of these guys struggling. But in now eight out of their last 11 games, they've been able to generate four-plus runs Bad news for them is that they are dealing with a few injuries. You notice in the back half of their series against the Toronto Blue Jays, you did wind up having a couple guys wind up going down with injury. Adam Engel, he wanted on the he wound up landing on the injured list. I believe Daniel Mendick is going to be out of the fold as well for this team, but you now have Tim Anderson back at the fold who wound up missing a few weeks. Him being able to provide a batting average north of a 350 is big. And on top of that, Jose Abreu, who wound up having a rough start to the year. He's been able to hit above a 300 over the last 30 days. Same lines of going for A.J. Pollock, who they acquired for Crying Kibrell out there in the offseason. And for Baltimore, that's a case in which you need a little bit more power, in my opinion. Anthony Santander, along with Ryan Mountcastle, both have been able to give you a double-digit amount of formers, but it's been a little bit tough on that front. Now, the reason why I do take a look at this total and I do like it under is that you've got a Baltimore Orioles team that has actually been very superb with the bullpen. You typically don't think Baltimore Orioles and good bullpen pitching, and I did think that there's going to be a little bit of regression to this, but they're number six in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. And right now you've got five guys that are relievers for this team that wind up getting used, and they wind up getting used pretty much on the regular that are posting up sub-two ERAs. CNL Perez, Jorge Lopez, Nick Vespi, Felix Batista, along with Dylan Tate. These guys have all been able to do an absolutely masterful job for this team, and even long guy like a Keegan Aiken, who's been used for over 40 innings. He's been able to post up right around a 2-5-ish ERA. Joey Kreeball has been able to give you solid innings, but just has been a case of which the Baltimore Orioles, very inconsistent with their offense. You'll just notice that one week, this team winds up scoring like five-plus runs at darn near every one of their games, and then the next week, they wind up having a whole bunch of ones, twos, with the occasional three in there as well, and it's been an offense that and has been held down recently as they have scored now three runs or fewer in each out of their last few games. So that has been a little bit of an issue for the team. But with that said, I do think that this could be a team that is going to be able to give you some okay fight moving forward. I just can't trust in them with Kyle Bradish on the mound. I do think that Bradish is going to be able to give a little bit of a better start than he has been recently. But I still think that the White Sox with Michael Kopech going to continue to deal. I like the White Sox on the run line in this spot. And I also do like this total under. How about if we wind up going with a game that has a little bit of a interesting veteran going in at 975-976. This is the Minnesota Twins playing with the Colorado Rockies. For that matter, you got two interesting veterans. as Irma Marquez going to be going for the Rockies. And Dylan, don't call him Al Bundy, is going to be on the mound for Minnesota. And Minnesota finding them pretty much across the board about a minus 155 favorite. 
with the Colorado Rockies being them anywhere between plus 135 and plus 145. A split of nine and nine and a half in the market. If you're finding a nine and a half, that under juice is probably going to be coming at right around a minus 120. If you're finding a nine, the over juice is going to be coming right around a minus 120. I set my total right in the middle. I would rather personally have a nine over rather than a nine and a half under personally, but this is one where I'm probably going to be just winding up, seeing how this winds up shaking out in the AM because Dylan Bundy has actually been able to pitch quite well at home. On the road, he has been a complete and utter hot mess. He has an ERA that is well north of six on the road, but right around 2-5 ERA at home. And the big thing for Dylan Bundy is that he has been giving up a bunch of home runs on the road. That is why the home and road splits are just so demonstrative. I believe all but two of the home runs they have surrendered thus far this season, and he's given up 11-plus home runs this season. They have all wanted coming on the road. So whenever he's been at home, it's been a breath of fresh air. And whether it be at home, whether it be on the road, I think that you could send him to planet Neptune. It just has not been going well for Omar Marquez this season. He's got north of a 6 ERA in all but two of his starts. He has given up at least three runs. That is a big, giant issue, especially when you compound that with the fact that you've got a Colorado Rockies bullpen that has been straight-up garbage. They are currently 29th out of 30 teams in terms of bullpen ERA, and what makes it even worse for the Colorado Rockies bullpen is that Tyler Kinley, the uh, reliever with their best bullpen ERA of the season, is out all the fold, so Alex Colome and Daniel Bard are pretty much your only two guys that can wind up giving you anything whatsoever, and it's not like the Minnesota Twins have necessarily this Supreme bullpen that is going to come out and completely mow them down. They're 15th out of 30 teams, but Yuan Duran has been someone that I really liked. He currently leads the league in terms of 100 plus mile per hour pitches. Emilio Pagan is off the injured list. Sometimes winds up giving up a little bit too much hard contact, but the good news is they're going up against the Colorado Rockies team that when they wind up going on the road, they just don't wind up giving you much power whatsoever. They're averaging right around 0.6 home runs per game whenever they are on the road as one of the lowest marks you're going to find out there in the big leagues. And you've got Byron Buxton for this Minnesota Twins team. He wound up dealing with some ailments when it was the month of May. He wound up having a 12-game span in which he wound up having just three hits. He's currently averaging a home run every 10 or so at-bats. He's been able to hit right around at 275 in the month of June. So he has really been able to come out and has been able to provide some very good performances. And then when it comes to this Colorado Rockies team, they always have demonstrative home and road splits. They're averaging over 5.7 runs per game when they are at home on the road. That drops by more than a full two runs. Big giant issue that you've got with the team. Something like a CJ Crone, for instance. He's got 17 total home runs this season. 13 of them have come at home. Brendan Rodgers has six home runs. Every one of them have come at Coors Field. And you even notice it with the guys out there in the bullpen. Someone like Lucas Gilbreth. He's got north of a 6 ERA when he's on the road. Justin Lawrence has not been consistent home to road as well. So even though Dylan Bundy doesn't necessarily have a sexy ERA or anything like that, he's got north of a 5 ERA. Him being out there in a ballpark like Minnesota where fly balls are typically out in other environments, they wind up staying in the yard here. That provides Minnesota with a relatively solid edge. I'm going to lay up to a minus 155 on the money line, but if you're looking at that run line, seeing that at a plus 125, would rather have the run line in this spot. So that's why I'm taking a look at with regards to that interleague game. And in the final segment, going to give you guys an interleague game that I'm going to be writing up with my DK Nation pick. Also going to be taking a look at game five of the Stanley Cup final right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Draft like no other, wine like no other. Play for free during the PGA Tour with the Mayomi Dare to Play Unrivaled Golf Series. Enter into five free contests to take your shot at a share of $25,000 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Mayomi now to be able to join in on the action. Mayomi, flavor forward, 21 years or older, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And as always, please do drink responsibly as it is the final segment of The Look Ahead with myself, Greg Peterson. If you're watching this live right around 3.45 a.m. Eastern time, well, you're going to get three more hours of Greg Peterson filling in for Scott Seidenberg. I don't know whether to say you're welcome or to say I am sorry. It's probably one of those two. And depending upon the listener, it is going to vary. So one of those two is probably going to be the correct circumstance there, but if you're listening to the replay right around 6.45 a.m. Pacific time, that means that you're 15 minutes away from Follow the Money. Mitch and Pauly, they bring it every single day, and I'm sure that they've got a lot of thoughts when it comes to what wound up happening in the NBA draft. And on top of that, obviously, Stanley Cup Game 5, that's going to be coming up as well. And what else is going to be coming up for Friday is a great day out there on the diamond. So how about if we wind up going with the game that I'm going to be writing up for DK Nation? This is towards the bottom of the board, 977, 978. Interleague game between the Toronto Blue Jays and the Milwaukee Brewers. Adrian Hauser is going to be on the bump for Milwaukee, and Alec Manoa is going for Toronto. Total on this game is 8.5, and, and with Toronto, find them anywhere between minus 145 and minus 155 favorites with the Brew Crew. Anywhere between plus 135 and thing size plus 141 out there is their price. At that plus 141, I am beginning to be in on the Milwaukee Brewers. Needed at least a plus 140 to be able to take a shot there, but what I'm really going to be doing my write-up on is the total. I'm going to be taking a look at the under. Alec Manoa has been absolutely terrific on the road this year. He's got a buck 80 road ERA, having given up two earned runs or fewer in every one of his road starts thus far this season, and just done a great job with his command. 1.7 walks, 0.6 home runs per nine innings surrendered, so he has been able to just come on every... He's been able to take on all comers. He's been able to do a very solid job, and with Manoa as well, He's actually seen a little bit of a dip in his strikeouts from his rookie season last year. Last year, he was getting more in the neighborhood, about 10.5 strikeouts per nine innings. This year, it's closer to eight, but has been able to do a nice job being able to induce some soft contact, has been able to allow himself to go deeper into games, and that's big because the one trepidation that you would have with regards to an under in this spot is that the Toronto Blue Jays bullpen, to put it politely, it's not great. It's in the bottom 10 in the big leagues. You just have not had a lot of guys be necessarily too stable for this team. David Phelps, Tim Mesa, they've been able to do a solid job, but Trevor Richards was bad whenever he's out there. He wanted going on the injured list. Adam Simber had a rough series out in Chicago against the White Sox, so that a little bit of a hot mess situation there. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, they did use Devin Williams and Josh Hader in their win on Thursday, but neither of these guys wound up throwing a lot of pitches. And for the Brewers, they haven't had to go to Josh Hader and Devin Williams a lot, especially with Hader. He was actually on the paternity list for a little bit, so 
for lack of a better term, that actually gives them a little bit of a better shot of being able to come back in this one because I mean, it's a case in which they have used them pretty much two times in the last 10 days. So that actually works in the favor of the Milwaukee Birds if they do wind up having a little bit of a small lead in this game. And when it comes to Adrian Hauser, he has been getting roughed up in his most recent few starts, having given up three plus runs in four out of his last five starts. But he has been a completely different pitcher home to road on the road. 550 ERA compared to at home. Opponents are getting to him much less. His opponent's batting average on the road, 285. At home, it's more like a 225. And his ERA at home, it is a 296. Very much a pitch of contact guy. You'd like to see him be able to lower the walks as it's right around 3.3, 3.4-ish walks for nine innings. That has been a little bit of an issue for him, but he has to be able to keep the ball in the yard, giving up in the neighborhood about 0.8 home runs per nine innings. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, they just don't back him up with a lot of offense. This is a Brewers team that they rank 25th in the league in terms of batting average and among healthy players. You don't really have anyone that is getting consistent at-bats. By that, I mean they've seen more than 30 at-bats thus far this season, hitting above a 252. You've got Mark Rosso who's in that fold, but he's currently on the injured list, so you wind up throwing him out of the fold. And you have guys that have been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers, Hunter Renfro, Willie Adamas, Rowdy Tellez, but these guys haven't necessarily been consistent with regards to power. Adamas did wind up getting his 15th homer on the season on Thursday, but has been very touch-and-go with him. Christian Yelich has really regressed, and with the Toronto Blue Jays, you do have a trio at the top. They've been able to do a very solid job with their batting average. Flagger or Jr., Boba throwing their George Springer all in between a 268 to a 270. And for Flagger or Jr., he has been able to supply the boom with 17 home runs thus far this season. But it's been a Blue Jays team that has been a little bit touch and go with regards to their offense as well. It is a Brewers team that they've been able to do a relatively solid job of pitching recently. Eight out of their last 11 games. They've given up four runs or fewer. So I do think that they're going to be able to keep this thing out in front of them. I do think that it's a Blue Jays bullpen that is going to be able to progress a little bit more throughout the season as well. So I did wind up taking the total under with the DK Nation pick. And when it comes to the Brewers, as long as I'm getting north of a plus 140, I'm going to be willing to take a shot there. Also wind up hitting upon this in the first hour, but you've got a game five out there in the Stanley Cup. This is do or die for the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Lightning. They wind up opening up as a little bit of an underdog and it has increased as you wind up seeing the Avalanche open in a lot of places right in the neighborhood about a minus 150-ish. Now we're seeing at DraftKings, this has went all the way up to a minus 190. And I was a little bit bullish on the Tampa Bay Lightning coming into the series of being able to have a little bit of plus money value. I felt like they should have been a little bit of an underdog for the series, but getting them north of a plus 140 before I wanted going off, I thought that that was relatively solid value. I tell you right now, I don't think that the Lightning are going to be able to win three straight to be able to take this series. And if you're taking a look at the series price right now, you're able to get the Lightning at plus 800. If you really think that the Lightning are going to be able to win the series, instead of taking that plus 800, just roll over the money line three times is what I would recommend to you. But I do think that the Lightning, they're going to be able to come out with a spirited effort. I do think that they're going to be able to get it done because they have the better goaltender in this spot in Andre Vasilevsky. Even their overtime loss that we wound up seeing a few nights ago, that really wasn't on him. He still did a nice job with right around a 92% save rate. So, he was able to do a nice job being able to come out there. He stopped 34 of the 37 shots that came at him. And Darcy Kemper really had his first massive game of this series. He wound up facing 39 shots. He stopped 37 of them. But still, goaltending advantage, that certainly is with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, Nassim Kadri coming back for the Colorado Avalanche. We saw how big of dividends that wound up playing for them in game four. It was his first game since that Edmonton Oilers series. He wound up scoring the goal in overtime that lifted the Colorado Avalanche to victory. But... You take a look at this series in general, and it's really come down to overtime as to why we are where we are right now because you wind up having a big blowout in Game 2 where the Avalanche just completely curbs off the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning responded to Game 3. They put a hurting on the Colorado Avalanche themselves. And then in Game 1 and Game 4, both of those games wind up going to overtime. Both of those games went the way of the Avalanche, and I do think that the Avalanche have a little bit more speed out there on the ice. Meanwhile, the Lightning, they're a little bit more of a physical team, so it depends upon what you like a little bit more. Clearly, the Avalanche have been able to match up a little bit better in this series, but I do think that the Lightning are going to be able to get a relatively spirited effort here from Steven Stamkos. He wound up playing a big role in the fact that they were able to close out that game against the New York Rangers, if I remember correctly, in the Game 6. He wound up having a pair of goals in that one. He's been able to come up with some big moments in this series as well. And for the Tampa Bay Lightning, Braden Point did wind up missing 
the previous game. And if he does wind up going in this one, it's probably going to be a case of which he's going to be very limited. You can tell that he just hasn't necessarily been himself in the series. I think that that's very fair to say he did wind up having an assist in game one, but really past that hasn't been able to do much of anything as he wound up missing game three and game four. And you can tell in game two, just wasn't necessarily the guy that you were expecting. And Nikita Kucherov, He's been dealing with a little bit of ailment as well, but he should be good to go in this one as well. So that's going to be big because you could tell in game four, he was a little bit limited as well after he wound up having in game three, a pair of assists. So I think that that's going to be absolutely massive for this Lightning team. And what I will say about the NHL playoffs in general, what we've noticed this season is that home ice has actually meant a whole heck of a lot more than it has in past years. But in past years, typically home ice is certainly meaningful by no stretch of the imagination would you rather be on the road, but it certainly is not an end-all, be-all. We've seen that be tilted a little bit more this season. I do think that the Lightning, a team that is a two-time Stanley Cup champion, they dealt with a little bit of everything, winning that championship in the bubble. They wound up being able to overcome the Florida Panthers, sweeping them while giving up just three goals in the entirety of that series. I do think that they're going to be able to figure it out. I do think that this is a little bit correlated with the total as well because I do think that Vasilevsky is such a good goaltender and they're going to need a big game from Vasilevsky to be able to win this game. I do think that if you like the Lightning, you got to be gravitating a little bit more towards the under because you know that the Avalanche, as they've been able to do all series long, they are going to be able to get their shots on goal. They are going to be putting constant pressure on Vasilevsky and company. But that said, I do think that Vasilevsky is going to be able to come up with a pretty good big game in this spot, and I do think that the Tampa Bay Lightning, a core that has been able to make adjustments all throughout, they've dealt with darn near everything, that this is going to be a spot where they're going to be able to prolong this series for, at the very least, another game. I don't think that the Lightning wind up winning this series, but I do think that they provide value, now seeing them at plus 160 on DraftKings to be able to get it done here. So, going to be, at the very least, one more game out there in the NHL to take a look at, and we've got a whole bunch of MLB for Friday and all summer long. And we've got you covered with a little bit of everything here on VEASAN. And we've got you covered with great content as well. And if you're listening to the replay, follow the money. That's coming up next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. This is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Whether you're a novice or a seasoned veteran in the sportsbook, VSIN is here to help you improve your sports betting skills. VSIN has assembled the leading team of insiders and handicap insiders and handicap insiders and handicap insiders and. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.